What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about redesigned uh, roles for the head of people, aka CHRO position, and we're going to talk about real life support for employees. Um, I'm giving you guys a little bit of a behind the scenes look at, again, some things that I'm putting together uh, for Startup EX, which is one of the companies within the E1B2 collective. Um, one of the things that we're doing with Startup BX is we're just trying to inevitably at the end of the road, at the end of the day, uh, change the way companies, number one, look at the overall position. Number two, how they build out infrastructure and support around that position. Number three, adjust and change the deliverables that that position will provide. And then obviously... The fourth and most important thing, frankly, you know, um, making sure that things are being put first through an employee's lens um, and inevitably changing the way that the company's working, uh, adjusting the way that leaders and executives are behaving and um, and really just making a more productive culture and a more productive business that uh, benefits the bottom line, that also benefits the employees' perspectives, individual career paths and um and personal happiness. So um, let's jump right into it. So a couple of things. Uh, I'm just going to literally read this off to you guys. These are just like little bullet points to myself. And then obviously there are a lot of best practices and frameworks and like tools and things that we do to actually get to this point. But first things first, you know, the head of people or CHRO should be reporting directly to the CEO. And then the best, best, best case scenario they should have a sidestepping reporting model where they are in a category left alone, very similar to a CFO or a CTO, right? And certain organizations and certain cultures, CTOs, CFOs don't report to anyone. They report to their freaking self, right? They're the ones that set the strategy. They're the ones that have no approval systems and frameworks in place. Now, when others, they are everyone. Now, now when others, all of the C-suite executives are reporting directly all the way up to the CEO and the CEO can kind of make a, a veto of anything and kind of inevitably green light, red light, yellow light, anything and adjust things. But I think uh, the CHRO, that head of people, should have the ability and it, and it should be outlined, right? It should be outlined around what does it look like to have that person have full autonomy within that role and green light, red light, yellow light, anything based off of what has been outlined. So when you bring on that person, I believe there should be a bucket list, a core outline of 5, 10, 15, 20 things that are full go green light. CFO can't stop that shit. CF, uh, 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 you know, CTO can't stop that. CEO can't stop that. Whatever that person, the CHRO needs from the CEO needs from the CTO needs from the CFO should be immediately greenlit. Uh, these are things that I genuinely believe in. I think this person, head of people, if anything they're saying impacts the overall company from the way individuals are working, the way individuals are executing tasks, um, uh, the way individuals feel about the company, anything and everything uh, should be under the sun for them to green light and red light and yellow light as long as, before you guys kill me, as long as it's been understood at the CEO level, right? Because at the end of the day, let's not get it twisted here. The CEO uh, is the inevitable power 
you know, power person, uh, decision maker. Like that's just a fact. And then obviously the founders of the company, et cetera, et cetera. So if essentially what I'm saying is if, if anything affects the way an employee looks at his or her roles, um, executes his or her tasks, anything that may impact their positive energy to show up to work and to feel inspired and to execute at a high level, anything that goes into that, finances, tech, tools, resources, adjustments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, should um, should be executed, should be put in place. Um, they should be able to have that big green light. So that's one thing. Second thing, um, the head of people should be executing executive coaching for other executives uh, and managers. Bottom line, focusing on people management, focusing on um, helping them make strategic decisions uh, and helping them conduct problem solving, helping them uh, conduct conflict resolutions, um, helping them understand how to utilize their emotional intelligence, helping them understand what um, strategic empathy looks like. That's just a fact. Now, what that looks like practically, they should be executing monthly, bi-monthly, whatever it's going to be, one-on-ones with these individuals, one-on-ones with CTOs, one-on-ones with general managers, one-on-ones with, uh, you know, just mid-level managers, one-on-one with, uh, with the CEO even, and helping them understand and navigate how are they going? How are they going to problem solve? How are they going to communicate what they're feeling at a more efficient level? How are they going to have more strategic empathy for those that directly report to them? How are they going to be a better leader? How are they going to utilize fifty percent of their time helping those that report directly to them get better? There should be executive coaching that coaching that should be that should be done on a monthly, bi monthly, quarterly, yearly basis, and I believe that should be done by the head of people. Let's keep going, guys. Um, the head of people, from my personal perspective, should have a direct line and some sort of an approval model with the C- CFO from a finances perspective to make adjustments when needed regarding salary, um, you know, real life support, bonuses at ad hoc level, trainings, whatever the case is. Again, there should be an understanding that is established in the beginning of the year saying these 15, 20, 30 things, if it falls into this category, it's an immediate green light. Do not stop anything that I'm doing. The, the biggest thing that I see in companies is there's such this ego involved at the C-suite level and even at the manager level where this is my domain. I have this decision-making power. My personal ego perspective does not think what you are proposing should or should not happen. There's so much ego. There's so much uh, red tape. There's so much friction causing uh, things to slow down. That's the biggest issue I have. Startup land, startup world are so fast when it comes to product, when it comes to decision making, when it, uh, not decision making, when it comes to um, branding, marketing, uh, scaling. But then what I'm noticing at the 150 range, the 200 range, the 225 range, the 97 range, once other executives and other managers start to come into the picture, and it's no longer the three founders, it's no longer just a couple people. What I'm noticing is there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy, there's a lot of red tape, there's a lot of friction, there's a lot of ego being involved. And the head of people should not have to worry about any of that shit. I'm just going to be very honest with you guys. The head of people should be able to have a understanding in the beginning of the year saying for 2021, these 12 things I get the green light on. So very practical example, if they believe that their friend that they went to college with for the last 
you know, for 13 years, whatever the case was, right? Who the hell goes to college for 13 years? But you guys know me. I'm just ad hoc spitting this out. Um, that that person is a great DE&I individual, and they want to bring them in to do some sort of a keynote and tangible work with managers within the company and outline things because for whatever reason, you guys did not get privy to the E1B2 Collective. Thus, you have a head of people that's doing a lot of things. And they want to bring in someone to do these trainings at a tangible level. Whatever the cost is, it should not be a debate. It should be something that's already clarified at the top of the year. These things should not be a debate. And I'm seeing too many debates being had. So if it's trainings, if it's real life support, if it's salary adjustments, you guys know me. I'm a fan of contextual salary. Now, I know that can now again. This is where I rely on Claire, Angela, Keith, all my other partners that are much more senior than me. I don't know what that looks like in the practical state from a legal perspective, you know, from bias and, and getting sued and, and all these other things that could happen. So I'll let you guys figure out the details, but I'll let you know at the macro level of what should happen. I'm a fan of contextual adjustments to salary. I'm a fan of every year not having a situation where you give someone a 6% increase Uh, based off of just that's what the metric is. I'm a fan. If Susan has three kids within a five-year window and her her mother is now living in the household and her husband got into a horrible accident at work and so now a lot of the financial pressures are on her back, I'm a fan of having a contextual conversation around that context and around that reality and making a salary adjustment off the reality of her life. Now, does that mean she gets to do the same deliverables and make more money? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about a charity. I'm talking about looking into her workflow, looking into her deliverables, looking into her responsibilities and making some adjustments and bolstering that thing so that it can impact the bottom line at a more significant level so it can be quantified and so it doesn't look like you're playing favorites. So I get that whole game and I want to be legal, but I'm a fan of it. And so there should be a green light, a big green light, a big go button that the head of people should be able to push and the CFO should not be, you know, balking at that. And that should be understood in the beginning. That's the gist of all of this. You know, it's all about communication on the front end. It's all about an understanding on the front end. And that's not happening, guys. It's not happening. It's not. Let me say it again. It's not happening. (laughs) It's not happening. It's not happening. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, uh, ego, bureaucracy, uh, friction, red tape, um, you know, just lack of priority. It's just not happening, guys. And it needs to happen. Let me move on to real life support for a moment. Uh, I kind of alluded to that just now. Let me give you a couple. Um, very tangibly, there should be monthly or bi-monthly or quarterly check-ins. And I've talked about this where there are five to 10 sections of life that the head of people, now this is training at the head of people level that they provide to managers to, to execute these, these uh, bi-monthly or quarterly check-ins under these five to 10 sections of life that inevitably will impact an employee. So let me break that down. For my personal circumstance, um, Real life support looks something like this. I am helping my girlfriend get through college. My mother and father are not financially well off. Um, my car is a little bit old. Um, uh, uh, what are some other things? I personally have circumstances that occur. So for me, 
What I would need is some real life support around there may be four to seven times a year I may randomly need to call out and work from home, i.e. pre-COVID, um, i.e. there may be moments where I may need very realistically to approach uh, the organization and figure out ad hoc things I can do uh, to bring value to make extra dollars because of X, Y, and Z that's happening. Uh, there may be moments where I need to provide more emotional support to my girlfriend for whatever reasons that are personal to her. Thus, I may need to, uh, again, readjust my workflow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I believe every human being within an organization has real life things. What I don't believe is a good idea is to ask an employee to look at those real life things as their own personal business and that should be left at home and they should be able to just power through building the different dynamics of what it means to be an employee, what it means to um, what it means to be a human in real life and those boundaries are separated. I don't believe that should be the case. I believe if you have your mother who is elder, uh, elder uh, yeah, your, your mother that is in her 90s that is now living with you and your husband that is no longer at work and your kids that are X, Y, and Z, I don't think those realities should be separated from your realities at work because those realities will impact your ability to execute. And so I think it's a good idea for a manager to know those things. I think it's a good idea to outline five to 10 potential things at a macro level that could happen throughout the year. And then I think it's a good idea back to you know communication on the front end to understand how a company is going to react to those things, what a company is going to do to support you around those things, what that employee needs from a support perspective so that everyone's on the same page. Everyone understands what that support looks like, what that help looks like, what that love looks like, what the practical nature of executing their task in the midst of all of that junk looks like. That should be outlined. That should be clear so that when those things come up, you know, Andrew already knows what the company's going to do, how they're going to support him. And he already knows what he should be doing as well. So um, that's about it. I think I'm going to stop here. I got a lot of information out to you guys. These are just a couple of things that I'm thinking. Um, you guys know I'm a little outside the box, but I think at the end of the day, I'm practical. I'm real. I'm authentic. And I think these things are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. Thanks a lot.